Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the game industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to get your free pass to our next digital event coming December 8th, 9th, and 10th, where you'll have more great sessions you can participate in for free and inexpensive passes to our industry-leading digital business-to-business meeting system. Also, make sure to donate to Extra Life. We've got a link down below in the description, or you can even join the Indie Game Business Extra Life team. That link is down in the description as well. Here we go, Indie Game Business. There we go. We are back once again, and this time we have uh, uh, Adam Adam Creighton from Enduring Games. And what are you talking about today? Uh, today I'm going to talk about uh, relationship-based uh, running a studio uh, and some of the pros, cons, and trade-offs. Excellent. I will – let's pull up your uh, – there we go. We're going to pull up your thing here, and I'll let you have at it. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, everyone. I really, uh, really appreciate this. Uh, so my name is Adam Creighton. I am the studio head and founder for Enduring Games. Uh, and I want to talk about the importance of relationships and not just in a uh, touchy-feely, squishy way, uh, though there'll be some of that, but really in a way that matters for leadership, for running a studio, for being part of a studio, no matter what your level is within uh, a studio. So I want to hit a few different topics, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping some people will um, uh, hit us up with some uh, questions. Uh, I've got a few that people sent in advance, so I'll, I'll touch through those also. Uh, and then I'll be in the Discord channel afterwards to hopefully answer some questions, and I'll do some additional follow-ups on social media. So I'll talk a little bit about my background, uh, where I'm coming from, and what's driving this conversation. Uh, I want to talk about relationships just so we have a bit of a grounding in what we're talking about and, and what we're not talking about um, uh, as I, we try to constrain the, the conversation a bit. Uh, and then I want to talk about some of the benefits uh, of uh, relationship-driven uh, leadership. Uh, and I've got questions coming in on my phone for the session already, so I guess that's a good sign. Um, uh, I want to talk about uh, the, uh, the benefits and motivation, uh, good and bad motivation. I want to talk about the cost because uh, any sort of doing a thing uh, has some trade-offs uh, and I want to be uh, authentic about that. Uh, and then we'll talk about some brief application, uh, just some high level stuff, uh, but uh, I want to make it as concrete as possible for some action items for folks, but also uh, a lot of that will come out in the question and answer period if, if people have any questions right there. Um, all right, so we'll go ahead and, and uh, walk through a few of these things, starting with my background. Um, this is not a, hey, hey, look at Adam uh, and, uh, and try to convince you that I'm uh, impressive or anything outside of what any of us uh, get the opportunity to do. This is really a, I want to give you information. Uh, I want you to have an idea of my background so you can decide uh, if my background and authority is compelling. Um, so you can decide earlier, later, if you want to drop out of the presentation. Uh, and hopefully this is also encouraging, though. Uh, there are things I've accomplished I, I attribute that a lot to relationship-based business and leadership and contribution, even when I'm an individual contributor. Uh, so I hope it's encouraging and lifts uh, some folks up. So let me walk into a, a few things. At a 30,000-foot level, going back to kind of the, the, the touchy-feely side of things, uh, I have value as uh, a unique person. 
so I have different gifts and skills and talents. And I believe that my, I really believe my responsibility is to leverage and grow those things uh, to better myself, but to better people around me, to better the game industry and to make the world a better place in very concrete ways. Um, that said, messing up is, is part of being human. Um, I am human. I, I mess up a lot. Uh, but that's not an excuse for being sloppy. It's not an excuse for bad behavior. It's not uh, a weapon to be used against other people. And I'll, I'll talk about some of that a little later. Uh, I've accomplished very little on my own. I am comfortable with what my contribution has been uh, to, to different things throughout my career and out with, uh, throughout my life. But it's also, I don't do these things alone. If I could do what I was doing alone, I would be a company of one. Um, I probably wouldn't be because I actually genuinely like people, but it takes a lot of people to make these things successful. And that's that's more true of the game industry than a lot of industries. Uh, it's more true of creative endeavors uh, and gaming is creative plus tech. And there's there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of people required to make the thing successful. Um, so I, I just want to really be upfront about this is not a hey, look at what Adam did. Uh, this is what, uh, hey, this is what Adam contributed to and was a part of, and, and there are these amazing people around me. And this is true for all of us. This is this is not just a me thing. Uh, I look at other people and I'm excited by what they have to share because of who they are, what they've gone through, and their unique uh, view of the world. So real quick, spinning through my background, I've kind of done uh, a lot of different stuff through the last 25 years. I've done everything from government to startup to small business to enterprise back to, to small business and, and uh, startup. Uh, I've, I've started out in my version of uh, Hawkins, Indiana, uh, spent most of my time in Austin with a, a brief exile in North Carolina uh, and then back to, to Austin. Uh, and right now I am the studio head for Enduring Games, uh, which we started a year ago. And it is uh, super exciting and fantastic. We're growing and we get to apply all of the things I've done in the past uh, to this. My relationship through line uh, has, has been through all of these different uh, vertical markets and businesses and, and uh, um, companies and, and organizations. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about how those things lead to other good things from a positive perspective, not from a, not from a usury perspective. Um, I, over just the, the last 11 years, I've, I've, I've had the privilege of being part of 12 different uh, uh, platforms, 31 games, and 43 different projects. And then there are others outside that. Like a lot of us in the game industry, we work on a bunch of things that don't ship necessarily or haven't been announced yet or some other things. Uh, and that includes six projects across six platforms that we have done as Enduring Games just in the last year. Uh, and it is fun to take this kind of culmination and this involvement in an industry that I love as a, as a gamer and as a professional and be able to put all that and move faster and bigger than I ever have before uh, through working with some very, very talented people, having great partners uh, and uh, a whole bunch of grace of God. So talking a little more about my background. So, you know, as we move through time, starting at the bottom being early, uh, it starts with relationships and, and family and, and, uh, and friends and, and those kinds of relationships. Moved to IBM, went to a, a startup Tivoli that uh, IBM bought, went to a, a startup Globeset that did web wallets and, and uh, shopping carts. Uh, and those, those assets and, and folks were uh, acquired by Visa. Spent a lot of time there working on all sorts of things from commercial to corporate to 
reporting and uh, fraud rules and, and uh, loyalty programs and those kind of things. Went to Emergent Game Technologies in North Carolina and worked with 84 studios just in my role, uh, looking at what they needed for pipelines and for engines and for rendering uh, and for making their games and making their games happen. Uh, I went to Disney after Emergent Game Technologies. Disney was one of my clients when I was at Emergent Game Technologies and worked on games like Disney Epic Mickey. Uh, and it was great to be on that side of the brand and IP stable uh, and do a lot, a lot of work with just top shelf brands. Uh, from there, I went to Panic Button, uh, did that for several years, brought in a uh, portfolio mentality for doing services work and digital distribution and publishing and original IP. Uh, and now I'm at Enduring Games. So that's kind of work, walking through a calendar view of my life. When I look at the impact uh, and where I've been successful and what's had the biggest uh, touch on my life, it really is relationships. Uh, and those relationships have created opportunities. They've maintained accountability. They've let me deal with uh, strengths and weaknesses and leverage the strengths and work on the weaknesses. Uh, and it's helped me grow myself as a person so that I'm moving forward and getting better and then doing something with those those skills, uh, those opportunities that I have, because uh, I really want to do something with those. Um, Globeset as a startup and Visa as an enterprise had very, very, very big impacts uh, on me for how I work with people. There are people that I work with uh, now that are all uh, in the financial or fintech sector are all C-level folks and we get together quarterly and still look at ways to make ourselves better, uh, still make uh, look at ways to make our organizations more productive, to take care of the folks that rely on us, uh, especially during challenging times. When I went to Emergent Game Technologies, like I said, I worked with 84 studios and it was a fantastic opportunity to work, uh, to look at different companies that, that solved the problems of making a game uh, in so many different ways. Uh, you know, it's 84 studios and 84 different ways of, of working towards success. Uh, so I really like that. Uh, Panic Button, super excited about that team that I, I helped grow uh, and, and coming in as uh, from five people to, to south of 45. Just a tremendous group of human beings that I very, very much uh, like at the staff level that uh, I was able to, to hire and grow and mentor and several of us uh, do a lot still together. Uh, and then there's Enduring Games. And this has been, like I said, the opportunity for me to take the stuff from the last uh, 25 years or so create a studio that encapsulates the values, philosophy, and processes that I think make the game industry uh, something really, really special, contribute to it, and deliver at a high bar for it. Uh, and those are explicit parts of our philosophy, explicit parts of our business model, and we have concrete ways that we exercise those things, um, hopefully in a cool way that at some point we get to announce to, to all of you as we talk about the, the six projects so far and then the new new upcoming stuff um, as uh, as the, the new platforms come out, which will be a, a lot, a lot of fun. I think as gamers and as developers, a lot of us are looking forward to, to the future. Um, so having talked about the background, it's important caveats. Uh, I do not have it all figured out. Um, I make a lot of mistakes. Uh, so it's good that we learn more from our mistakes uh, than we do our successes because I, I am evidently a, a master of learning then. Uh, I am either moving forward or backwards. Uh, I, I think staying stuck is not a luxury that human beings have, quite honestly. Uh, I think we're either pushing ourselves to be better and to help people around us be better, or we're backsliding. Uh, and I would rather move 
forwards uh, than be getting worse uh, and not contributing uh, to, to the world around me. I think the closest I come to being stuck is, is uh, napping. I desperately want to nap, which has become my number one tertiary goal in the, in the world we live in right now. Uh, and nothing is guaranteed. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be talking about some of my experience. I'm going to be talking about the importance of relationships. Um, but I'm very um, aware that there's a whole bunch uh, uh, in our lives that is outside of our control. And you look at what is happening in, in our life on a daily basis, uh, let alone uh, over the course of the last six months, or kind of the evolving, but still unfortunately very hit uh, focused or hit centric nature of our business. There's a lot of stuff outside of our control for being successful. I think that's even more important why we, we need to build these uh, these relationships. Uh, so, you know, that said, I, I want to be better. Uh, I want to help other people be better. I want the world to be better. And it, it's, a, it's a stack that I do kind of to work up that chain uh, to make sure I'm working on myself, uh, looking for opportunities to help other folks uh, and then improve the world around us through concentric uh, circles of, of influence. And I do the work and it's a it's a lot of work. We're going to talk about it. Um, I would love if it was easy. Um, it's not. Uh, and I want to be upfront about that. Uh, but I believe this is true for all of us. So this isn't just a, a me thing. All of us are trying to figure it out. Uh, a lot of us are um, just doing what we can and doing the best we can. And things wax and wane depending on our opportunities, particular challenges, uh, the world being on fire, uh, and what we do within that. And so I think there's a there's a there's a big healthy room for uh, empathy and grace as we all try to try to figure this out together. Uh, so relationships, um, just just so we have kind of a, a, a grounding point to, to talk about, uh, they're uh, they're they're messy, um, uh, I, I, and I want to I want to be honest about that. Uh, but if we look at it really as a as a point to point between two people, uh, and that that requires human beings, which sounds kind of trite, but just walk through this with me. Uh, it also requires that uh, uh, you be a human being as one of those human beings, and you act like a human being. Um, you can't have a relationship with a company or an organization. Companies are containers for people. So when people talk about um, a bad company or um, you know an unethical company, they're talking about either uh, an incident or incidents or a momentum that are, are actions of individuals, that are attitudes and philosophies of individuals that create that. But that's also true when someone says, hey, that's, that's, that's a good company. Uh, there are people there who are actively working to make that true. Uh, it's not a company in and of itself. It's just a soulless shell uh, that that holds uh, not soulless individuals. And that's where the relationships are. It's with each of those people. It's it's with each of those opportunities. Um, and that's that's very important to me. Uh, note about social media. There's a boy. Social media is is a cost of doing life right now. Uh, I think it's important to for all of us to kind of look at our our, our uh, quote unquote relationships on social media and decide are we a are we a watcher or are we more on that that pen pal side of things? What I mean by that is I'm amazed by people. Um, maybe amazed is not the right word. I'm confused by people who think they have a relationship with someone because that person uh, liked or favorited or retweeted their their comment. Uh, Relationships take interaction. Uh, they take understanding. 
uh, of what is important to, to, to someone uh, and, and empathizing with that and digging through it, even if we don't agree with that point of view. Um, I have several people on social media that uh, I interact with and a bunch of those people I've had the fortune of meeting in person or, or over video conference or we call each other on the phone uh, or back when we could, we would get together uh, in person. And as I travel, I try to meet with those people deepen that relationship and have interactions on an ongoing basis. And, and I think it's important as we kind of look at our relationships that we look at those, that continuum of the authentic engaged relationship and the, the kind of superficial um, skipping off the top uh, of, the, of the pond kind of relationship. Um, for me, one of the litmus tests, and I think I would argue this is a litmus test for any relationship is, do you know at least a thing uh, and you know and care about at least a thing that that person with whom you have a relationship knows and cares about. I, I think that helps all of us ground our relationship in a, this is important to this person. I care about this person. So therefore, understanding this thing is important to me. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that that thing is important to you. It might be a different interest. It might be a different viewpoint. Uh, politically or philosophically or religiously or whatnot, but caring about people uh, is caring about their point of view and, and making sure that you're not dismissing that point of view and giving it time and working through it um, within reason. Uh, all right, so I do wanna say something about the 50-50 lie. One of my big pet peeves in, in uh, relationships is people talking about, you know, it's important that everybody gives 50-50 which honestly is just such a, a recipe for, for failure and selfishness that I, it, it bugs me a whole bunch. Um, relationships can't be successful if each partner is only giving uh, half of their effort. If you think about it, think of any time that you needed uh, more help when something unexpected happened. If a lot of us are going um, really, really fast together uh, and, and uh, trying to accomplish things, you know what happens when something unexpected happens? Uh, what happens when... Um, uh, you you need advice from someone that is something you've never experienced before and you have to reach out to that person. What happens if you are single, uh, living alone and uh, something happens and you need a ride to the emergency room and, and who do you call and you're not able to give uh, even 50%. Um, for me, uh, you know, minimum relationship effort is 100%. The reality is it requires a lot, lot more. And what it does is it takes me outside of myself about being upset about what other people are contributing and making sure that I'm doing everything I can for people around me. Uh, there's, a, there's a truism uh, that says you, you want the perfect partner, be the perfect partner. And that's whether that's a uh, romantic relationship, uh, a, uh, a casual friendship, or a business relationship. Uh, you want that high-tier relationship, be that high-tier relationship. Uh, and that creates a whole bunch of opportunity for you and the people in that relationship. You're able to do more. And I honestly believe that's how you you plus up and, and do more than you can by yourselves and more than even two people can do. Uh, and if, if um, you want the perfect partner, be the perfect partner, look at everyone as your partner. Uh, it doesn't matter whether there's someone you work with or the, the person you're talking to on the phone about uh, your broadband troubles. Uh, it's all helping people with whatever they need help with. Um, so bridging between relationships and benefits. I wanna give a couple of uh, examples of some things that came out of long-standing relationships that led to benefits. When I was starting a company, I talked to lots and lots of people uh, about what does it take to do this? What should I do um, to 
to create something that is different, that elevates uh, people around me, leverages what I've learned over time, and is responsible with those things. Um, so I had an executive friend of mine at a, at a platform company uh, ask me while we were at a meeting at uh, um, E3 and say, okay, so what do you say you do best? And I didn't, I didn't think about it. It was very sincere, but my quick response was, I, I, I make great names for your platforms, uh, which was sincere, uh, probably sounded a little um, uh, like blowing smoke, though that wasn't the intent. And he was super polite, uh, did not laugh or smirk at me, which I, I think is very much to his credit. Uh, and he said, yeah, you, you do that, that's a given, but what do you do best? And there was a way he asked that, uh, that made me stop and think about um, really what what that meant. Not not the answer he was looking for, but what does it mean? What, is, what does Adam Creighton uh, do uniquely that no one else does or I do uniquely in my way? And I realized that I, what I do is I grow people. Um, I, I equip and uh, help people have what they need and see what they can do and push them to do more. Then I build teams out of those people. And together, we, we build these bigger, better, um, gutsier, higher quality projects than teams one and a half to two and a half times our size. And so I told him that. And he said, yeah, that's what you do. So whatever you do next, just make sure you do that. Uh, and that was a very healthy grounding for uh, some things that helped me figure out the values and philosophy of enduring games that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to pursue if I hadn't built the relationship over several, several years to have this conversation with this person. And for him in a business setting to give me some very toothy advice about the, the next thing that I was doing that was outside of our, our the context of our business meeting. Um, uh, another example, uh, and I, I hope at some point this this becomes a thing that I can I can talk about it in more detail. But um, well, backing up. So something that, that if you don't know me, I I am extremely grateful uh, to be doing what I do. I, I am so grateful to be in the game industry. I I fought very 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 hard uh, and did the work to get into the game industry, and I am just every day grateful and amazed that I get to work in this industry that I enjoy as a consumer. When I, when I left um, uh, Visa, I was one of the, the worldwide technical directors, which is kind of a, uh, a good gig, honestly. Um, but my passion is around pop culture and uh, video games in particular. And I want to not just consume, I want to give back. Uh, I don't wanna just be a taker, I wanna be a contributor to a thing I love and and make it better and make it better for other people so that they can have a version of that same enjoyment uh, that that I have. Um, so a lot of the conversations I have both with new or potential or existing partners is along and, and with candidates and, and people I hire and people I work with, it, it, I, I, I tend to spend a lot of time and I get teased about it for just saying thanks. Um, and I was talking to this particular partner and I was, I, they were, we're discussing kind of a, a very big thing. And I said, you know what, what, thanks for considering us for this. It's a, it's a, it's a really big deal. And he checked me with this and said, no, I, I get what you're saying, but, but I need you to understand that you've been the same person with us across four different companies. And that's why we're having this conversation. Uh, and he said some other stuff that's, that's not as shareable, um, cause it has some context stuff, but, um, but my response to that was very sincerely, okay, I, I appreciate that 
that context and that encouragement. And that motivates me even more than I would otherwise to, I, I need to deliver. I need to make good on this ongoing relationship where um, there are expectations, there's accountability, uh, not, not cronyism, not, hey, we're going to do stuff together because we like each other. That's one of the, the pitfalls of any industry, but the game industry has got a particular challenge uh, with people doing projects together because they want to work together, um, not because they should work together. Uh, this is this is more of a, this makes business sense. Uh, and so we're excited to do this. My mentality is uh, I very much enjoy working with people that I enjoy working with. And we don't work together because of that. We look for the right opportunity that makes sense from a business and aspirational perspective. And once that does, then it's even more exciting and even sweeter because we know each other, because we have a relationship and because when we deliver, that lifts each other up. So it's a uh, an additional symptomatic benefit as opposed to a driver for doing projects together. Uh, I wanna go through a couple of uh, case studies as we go into benefits and, and uh, build on the, the relationship side of things that are some concrete things uh, that come from relationships. Uh, the first is a, a little game called Rocket League that might become a thing uh, at some point. Um, so I actually met uh, uh, Dave Hagwood uh, the, the, the week the game launched. I happened to be in uh, San Diego for Comic-Con at the time. And I got a call from an unknown num number on my phone that said, hey, can you get a beer right now? And I said, sure. Um, that that's kind of who I am. I like I like people and and uh, I also like beer. Um, and then he introduced himself and it was it was Dave and I, I got with him and we talked about the game. The game had launched that week. It launched on on uh, PS4 or for PS Plus uh, and Steam. Uh, a lot of people probably remember when the game first launched. It was so successful that it was falling over quite a bit. And uh, Dave and uh, uh, his wife Jessica were spending a lot of time just you know waking up physically restarting the server, passing out, waking up, doing it again. Uh, and they needed a development partner to to do the Xbox One version of the game. It's important context-wise to realize where this is. This is the week the game launched, right? Um, pretty sure it was the week the game launched, give or take a, a, a week. And so this was this was before it, it, it was the juggernaut that it, that it was shortly after or let alone today. Um, and we looked at it and I, I really liked uh, my interaction with Dave and we talked about other stuff beyond just uh, just the game. We talked some studio stuff and um, business and, and personnel and things like that. And and we thought the, the game could be a, a, a thing. And we started working on the Xbox one version uh, in in uh, in good faith and, and we're super excited about it uh, and very, very proud of what we delivered there. Uh, we, we, I, I, when the PS4 Pro was announced, um, I pitched in it and, uh, um, then we implemented the PS4 Pro update, uh, which they, they did a whole bunch of other stuff with it at the same time, including the, the Hot Wheels tie-in and everything, just phenomenal stuff. We did some cross-platform work. Uh, and we also pitched and did, a uh, the version for Nintendo Switch, which I actually hinted at, at the first meeting, because as I looked at this, this title that, that maybe could be a, could be a thing, um, I saw a really good match and opportunity for for um, it being on the Nintendo Switch hardware. And this was before the public knew about Nintendo Switch, or a lot of developers did. And I didn't I didn't disclose or break confidentiality or anything. I was all vague and hand wavy and probably super annoying. And and uh, um, the the team, understandably, on on the the Cyanic side was was very much um, you know, we, we, let's let's we, this is a new relationship. We got to focus on the Xbox One. But it was a thing that I stayed with. 
uh, until we were able to, to jointly make it a thing. And that, that's, that's the importance of relationships. It is, it is having the ongoing um, uh, interaction, uh, knowing what is important to uh, everybody that's involved, uh, looking for opportunities to do things together, and then taking care of everybody uh, uh, throughout. Um, yeah, actually, that's a good question. So science that you're stretching is, so we got a question coming in, you know, what are signs you're stretching yourself too thin with relationship maintenance? Uh, and I'll talk about that a little bit in the, in the, in the cost side of things. Uh, exhaustion, uh, uh, that, that, that's one of them. Um, it's also where, where you're able to spend your time and where prioritization gets to be more of a, more of a challenge. Um, and then you have to look at, am I, am I making incorrect prioritizations? Were my previous prioritizations incorrect? Do I need to revisit my priorities or were my priorities before fairly solid? So some of these things that are dropping off, uh, it's okay. They drop off. Uh, one of the things I'm, I'm reasonably decent at from a skills perspective is prioritization. One of the things I'm not decent about is, is letting go. Uh, so I'll have my prioritization and know where the, where the cut line is. Uh, and I'm, I'm not okay with anything below the cut line. Um, and so I have to make that intellectual decision for what things need to get dropped off. Um, but it's also, I prioritize taking care of people uh, over some things that, that can wait. Uh, and there are time sensitive things. And, and honestly, when you're looking at it from a business perspective, taking care of the business is taking care of your people. Taking care of a contract is taking care of your business, is taking care of your people, is taking care of your partner. So those, those things factor into the prioritization, but as you are investing in relationships, uh, there's some costs that, that we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about. Um, and then, then just to button up the, the, the Nintendo Switch version of uh, Rocket League, um, never break confidentiality. Uh, the relationships are really important because you can trust people. That doesn't mean you share things you shouldn't share. Uh, for myself, for my team, for people we work with, uh, we are very, very diligent about protecting confidentiality, about um, not disclosing proprietary information, about not trying to tease people and say, oh, we're working on such and such platform and don't you wish you were too? Um, that's, that's, that's an arrogance that I, and, and uh, a headache that I just don't need. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm grateful to be working on the things that I'm working on and I don't do any version of a, uh, and I don't like the term, but you know, a friendly a kind of thing or a, Hey, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this, or, uh, I'm so excited that we're working on this thing and we can't talk about it, but you're a friend. So I'm going to tell you, um, those, those are recipes for, um, some problems. And I, I recommend people not, uh, not do that. Always protect confidentiality. Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. And you can get it for free. Check it out. So a second example for, for a benefit, um, Torchlight 2, I'm a big fan of the Torchlight uh, franchise, uh, both uh, from the, the brand perspective, the games that have come out, 
uh, Runic and, and Perfect World and then a bunch of the individuals um, uh, that are there and at places now like Monster Squad and some other places. Uh, so I reached out to them in 2009 uh, when the original Torchlight for, for PC was out and, the, and, and later between uh, Emergent and, and Disney, I've, I've played that game uh, continuously as I was relocating back to Austin and, and uh, uh, basically couch surfing for six months. I moved 10 times, 11 times in six months. Uh, found out I, I even have a, a uh, an upper limit for, for change, uh, turns out. Um, I reached out in 2010 when Torchlight 2 was announced. Uh, I reached out uh, when the original Torchlight was uh, was announced for console. Uh, I reached out in a year later uh, when uh, Torchlight for, for 360 was released. Um, they reached out to me in 2011 about a, a blog post that I'd written in 2009. Um, uh, I, I reached out uh, again in 2012 when Torchlight was released for PC, had multiple conversations just throughout the years uh, and, and built uh, camaraderie and relationships with Runic and Perfect World and people that used to be with the company and, and uh, just had these, these conversations. Uh, that led to being part of, of Hob, uh, which was uh, Runic's uh, subsequent game uh, for both PS4 and PC. Uh, and then that led to, to us being able to do Hob uh, under a previous studio for Nintendo Switch. And that led to Torchlight 2 uh, for Nintendo Switch and PS4 and Xbox One. And that's not accidental. That's not opportunistic. It's, it's deterministic. It's relational. It's, it's staying with stuff over time. Uh, as, as an example of that, so they reached out to me and it was in 2011 for a 2009 blog post that I'd written when the game came out. Uh, or whichever year that the game was first released. And what happened, and, and uh, uh, I, I wrote this up in a, in a post that's probably still out there somewhere, but I had been playing the game one evening and my kids who at the time were, uh, my older kids were six and five. Uh, and uh, I, I played for an hour one evening on, on a Friday evening and, and uh, on, on Saturday morning, I'm trying to sleep in and I can hear my kids outside the door um, uh, giggling and, and shifting, shifting around and waiting for me to get up. And so finally I just said, fine, just, just come in. Uh, and so they come in and they give me this piece of paper and they're like, Hey dad, we were looking at, at uh, what you were playing last night. And uh, we, we built these, uh, this character sheet and we built this inventory and uh, we, we built things that you can, you can build the, the characters from. Uh, uh, and they said, but that, that didn't work really well. So then we, we put the characters on a, on a separate sheet and we put their statistics together so that we can uh, um, update those as we need to. Uh, and then they said that wasn't enough. So we cut out the character sheets. So we can swap attributes to different characters. And then also we got a bunch of stuff out of our toy box and we've decided that we're, we're, we're we, this is, this is our, our Torchlight uh, game that we're doing right now. So they basically after, uh, and that's why they'll be, if they decide to go into it, they will be better creatives and better uh, game designers than, than I'll ever be. Um, but they basically out dungeon mastered me uh, in uh, Dungeons and Dragons me in, in, in an hour of watching me play uh, paper prototyping, deconstructing it. and um, building the next version of it all in their, their playtime in the, in the two hours before I could get my, uh, lazy, uh, backside out of bed. Uh, and I, so I wrote this, this blog post about it, which they talked to me at the time and said, Hey, this is, this is really great. And then we cycled back to it, um, years later. So when you look at this just constant interaction, uh, it was all driven by, uh, a passion for the product, uh, an excitement and a desire to contribute to a thing that I enjoyed as a consumer. Uh, and the relationships that we built over time, first outside in, you know, from a from a moderator on the forums uh, to a person who had a business decision to a technical slash studio leader who could make a recommendation for things that we could do that led to products. 
which is super exciting. And these are these are commercial successes. These aren't just, hey, we got to work together. We got to leverage a, a, a friendship. This is a we got to to do something and we're going to do something that matters from a commercial and from an aspirational and from a, a growth perspective. Just checking some questions that are coming in on my phone. Um, and, and we're making something that uh, we get a return on because we need to be responsible business people also. So those are just a couple of quick case studies because I want to make sure that people understand that this relational stuff has concrete returns. Uh, and again, this is not a, these things happened because of Adam. Uh, these are things that I was able to be a part of. These are things I was able to contribute to. These are relationships that help um, tip conversations where we're like, you know what, these are, these are trusted people on both sides and let's do something with this. Uh, this is exciting for us. So, so let's make something concrete happen because now it's time. Let's talk about the motivation uh, continuum. So there's there's having relationships and doing something with, with relationships, and then there's there's why. I'm very big in the on the why for myself because I like to understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Uh, I do this for my studio too. It's not just that we have tasks; it's that we have someone we care about who receives these things, and we want to understand why we're doing this thing. Um, uh, everything I do, I try to do, and the same for my studio. I want to make sure that we're doing with urgency because it's important. It has someone who needs some help. Um, not 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 panicking. Panicking is is uh, frenetic and unfocused and and uh, isn't productive. But urgency is this is important. So I need to treat it with importance and I need to give it my all. And if something isn't urgent, then we need to have a discussion about why we're even doing it at all. Um, on, on the one extreme for, for why to, to have relationships and leverage relationships is the selfish side of things, the, um, the Machiavellian, hey, there's some benefit that I will get uh, out of this relationship. And that's, that's really kind of the us usury side of the, of the continuum. Um, and then there's the making the, the world a better place, which is that more selfless uh, things. A lot of people want to say, okay, we've got to find that healthy middle. Everybody wants to do a continuum and they want to find a healthy middle. Uh, I'm making a case that that healthy living is really on. That's living without a G. Uh, healthy living uh, is is really about making the world a better place, and we can do that at cost to ourselves, uh, but not at costs that um, impact us in a way uh, that doesn't make it worth making the world a better place and and reaching outside of ourselves to make people better. Um, all right. So foundation for success. Uh, first and foremost, relationships. So as I was building. Uh, the current studio, and as I, I leveraged what I was doing, and and when I brought this in at the at uh, my last uh, several companies, uh, it really is about the relationships, and those relationships um, and the values that I have feed on each other. Those are those are things where I can talk to people about. Okay, uh, these are these things that are important to me, and we get to have meaty conversations about that. And I don't, I try really hard not to to surround myself with. Um, people in the same echo chamber because I want to be challenged about the things that are important. I want to make sure that things uh, matter. I want to be sure that uh, this thing that is important is genuinely important, not just selfishly and in and of myself, but from a, a, a long tail perspective or outside of me or other people around me. Um, as I looked at building the business, I looked at those relationships, I looked at the values and then coalesced those into a philosophy for the business uh, as the driver for what I would do next. Um, that built the business plan. And so there were relationships and values that created the philosophy that led to the business plan as opposed to just finding a problem set to be solved. 
which is kind of the traditional way of going about starting a business. And it's still valid, but I, I think there's more validity in understanding what the value-driven opportunity is and then aiming that at a problem to solve. Uh, the business plan built the portfolio plan that determined the people I hire and not just from a, this is the kind of work that we're going to do, but because it was relationship and value-based, it is what are the people of character that we are going to hire uh, to accomplish this that also have skills? And that's a, a little different way of looking at uh, hiring, but it also determined the kind of partnerships that we do and the kind of par partnerships that we do not do. It determines some of the products that we will work on and the products that we don't because they don't fit into the values and philosophy that drive enduring games uh, as a company and the culture that is above and beyond and outside that. And then that builds the culture, right? The, everything from the relationships and the values and the portfolio and the kinds of games you're doing, the people and character that you have within the studio, the partnerships that you build, the ones you don't build your culture. And all of those things lead to hopefully uh, a, a good commercial success. Uh, I'm very uh, blessed in that we, we've been doing this for a year as the new company. We're growing like crazy, even in challenging times. Uh, we're still growing. So, you know, uh, please hit us up. Uh, and we've done six projects across six platforms in uh, in a year. And so and, and, the, and the revenue is is uh, above commensurate with that, which is super exciting. Uh, now, as you have these commercial successes, obviously, uh, and, and even outside of that, there's this feedback loop that happens, right? Your commercial success is going to influence your partnerships, which is going to change your business plan and modify your portfolio. And you're going to have to hire differently for some of the skill sets and opportunities. And, and that, that uh, modifies the culture in a positive way. But you don't change the core values for hiring people of strong character, um, not just people of strong skills. And that also means that you might flex and say, you know what, we only hire senior people. We found this very promising entry level person and they're a strong person of character and aptitude and uh, potential. So we're going to we're going to change what we're going to do because that fits within the values of what we do. Um, and but it doesn't it doesn't touch your philosophy. Right. It doesn't it doesn't change your values and it doesn't even get to uh, the relationships. Uh, right. Uh, those are the things that stand the test of time and are the bedrock for forming a successful commercial entity and doing something with it. Um, there, there's a, there, there's kind of a truism about, um, uh, uh, studios that there are three types. There's lifestyle, uh, companies that I want to be comfortable working on things, uh, on which I want to work and, and, uh, when I want to work with the people I want to work, and those just, those don't happen, right? Cause you can have a project that that feels like that, then that project goes away or gets canceled and you're scrambling and you're miserable. Uh, so you don't have a comfortable lifestyle. There's money making where you do anything to turn a profit. Some companies will do this and they'll bend values, they'll throw people under the bus. Uh, and then there's aspirational where um, you want to transform an industry or create or expand a market that wasn't there before, um, but you're going to do it at great personal cost and there won't be any commercial gain or, or things like that. Um, what I'm making the case for is, is for each of us to be a person who creates an aspirational, commercially lucrative company, not just commercially viable, not just uh, squishy successful, but a, a lucrative company that is a place that where people want to be. Uh, where where they put their values first, uh, but are also intelligent commercial and business and colleagues, uh, partners uh, throughout the process, uh, which is super important and super exciting. Going back to the motivation continuum. So there's selfish, make my life easier. Uh, and then there's altruistic, make your life easier. And I really believe the healthy living being outward focused uh, is is where we we get this. It's, it's kind of a, from a leadership perspective, it's a mix of 
um, servant leadership and transformational leadership, which is that doing things for people without subjugating the particular gifts and skills and authority that you have and the transformational leadership, which is changing people and growing them to do more than they thought they could before and to grow them in different areas and to make them uh, last beyond kind of the current uh, opportunity. One of my philosophies is I want people to be better because they spent time with us. Uh, and that means it, we don't hire people that just want their next gig. We hire people who want the next stage of their career and we're gonna push them, we're gonna grow them and we're gonna do amazing things together. And ideally, they're gonna keep doing that with us. And if they do, awesome. And if they don't, because life stuff changes or there are different um, uh, pivot points or something happens with family and they need to be closer to them and we need to make changes, it's no harm, no foul. Uh, but I want them to be better because they spent time with us. And we do that at every level of the company, whether that's someone working with us whether that's a partner or it's somebody we interview. We will interview people who are not a match. And sometimes we get into one of those interviews and we know in the, in the first five minutes, but we take the time to politely and professionally walk them through, okay, this, this is how you become a match for someone like us. This is how you grow yourself so that you can contribute somewhere else in the industry. You know, this is a, hey, this is not a match for us, but actually I do know a couple other studios that, that you would be a, an excellent fit for from a skills and or personality and or uh, life circumstances perspective. So let's 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 talk about the, the kind of things that that you have that you want to do. And, and I can off channel kind of talk about whether that's an opportunity for for everybody, because it is about helping people and paying it forward. It's costly. There's a guy I know, um, Aaron Myers, uh, on, uh, and we, we don't know each other personally, though we though we've interacted a bit uh, across social media. And he's he's a fascinating guy who, in addition to the other um, uh, work that he does, uh, has a successful business uh, with uh, comic books, where he he finds uh, classic and recent comic books and uh, has a has a whole um, grading process and things like that, and and sells a lot of stuff. And the the money from comics pays for comics and then some and is separate from the, the household income. And he's talked about all this um, publicly on social media. And uh, part of why I have him in, in my feed and why it started is, is I'm a huge uh, comic book fan, pop culture fan. And I love the visuals and the history that resonate with me showing up in my feed that otherwise could be um, uh, kind of downing and, and depressive and, and otherwise a, a negative distraction. And Somebody commented on, on, a, on a thing that he posted, uh, a, a particular comic that he was able to find. And they said, hey, this is, you know, I, I look at your stuff and, I, and I, I am amazed at what you find. And I realize, oh, yeah, but you do this all the time. And his response was, well, yeah, there's, there's work and networking and a lot of cash. And I like that business 101 summation of to do something that matters, it takes work. Uh, it takes effort. It takes relationships. It takes money, not throwing money and buying uh, attention or things like that. But you have to invest and not save money in the wrong places. Lots of foolish people will try to save money in the wrong places. Like I, I won't, I won't get insurance until I need insurance. I won't um, uh, have a legal uh, uh, representation to look at contracts until you know something goes bad. It's too late at that point. Uh, don't save money in the wrong place. But I like this mentality of you got to do the work, you've got to build the relationships, and you've got to um, spend the resources. Um, it is costly. Going back to the the earlier question, um, you know, this is it's more work. It's emotionally, mentally, and physically exhausting. Um, caring sucks uh, in some ways uh, because, uh, at least for me, when people are hurting or frustrated or upset, 
even if I don't agree with the why or to, to overly trivialize it, I, you know, I think they're wrong. It, it, it weighs on me because I, I want people to be taken care of. I want them to have what they need. Uh, I am a uh, pragmatic idealist. That means I can see how things could be better and I can oftentimes see how to get there. And that's not how the world works. So I spend my time in, in a regular state of frustration as a personality, um, but, it, but it's worthwhile. Uh, it takes a lot more intention. Uh, I have a ton of ideas of like, you know what would be great? I should do this for this person because it would matter for them. Uh, and then I have to make sure I deliver on it. I can't just have the thought of, you know what would make this person's day? So I send this, them this thing from this restaurant uh, because they, they can't do a meal for themselves right now. Um, but then I have to actually do that. And, and that's often more work and more interruption than I expect it to be. And then I got to just dig in and, and uh, deliver on it. Uh, more partners won't be a match. Uh, you will say no more often. Uh, you'll turn down work more often, which is terrifying. Uh, you will be turned down for work more often. Because I've, I've had people say, yep, we get what you're about. You're about the quality. You're about the character. This is not that. This is a, we, we have a contractual obligation to deliver this skew. So we need to deliver it. Um, and uh, we, we, we turn those down and we get turned down for those. Some relationships won't survive. So the irony of being relationship focused is when you, put more of a value on relationships as you run into people who value that less and are more churn and burn uh, bodies on their way to the top, uh, it's, a, it's not a match. And there are some relationships that end if people don't want to go along with those same relationship values. Uh, bad people will try to use that stuff against you. Uh, and and uh, I wanna spin through it really, really quickly, but I did this once before and someone told me it really helped them. Um, as you're being relationship based, people can take advantage of that. Um, people who are wired to exploit will look at, sometimes look at, at um, someone who's relationship focused as being a weakness. Uh, and they will do things to people and try to caveat it as, you know, it's just business. Um, it's not personal. Maybe doing the right thing means different things to different people. You know, those are phrases where someone knows they're in the wrong and they don't care and they're justifying it. Now, that's not across the board. There are legitimate uh, reasons for those first two, uh, not for right versus wrong. There's, there's right and there's wrong. Um, we need to get a little worse and go backwards before we can go forward. Or we're aiming at getting 75% there. These are, these are phrases that I, you know, I had seen as made up anecdotes in uh, leadership and management books. That I actually heard people say in the real world, and I was just shocked that a human being could uh, uh, aim so low uh, and is kind of the antithesis of being aspirational and, and uh, um, taking care of clients or, or people. Um, same thing with, you know, I want to do, come in, do my hours and, and leave. Um, you know, it, that's not taking care of people around you. That's not, I want to come in. I want to do something big. I want to, I want to help so-and-so next to me. Uh, I, I had this said to me by someone once that uh, wasn't a match anymore. And they said, I'm, I'm more intelligent than anyone that works here. I, I operate from the assumption that everyone is smarter than me, uh, on at least one to 18,000 axes. Uh, and, and so the mentality of, uh, I know more than other people, um, just, just doesn't hold water for me. Now that, that doesn't mean I don't have unique skills and learnings that I can leverage that are unique to me. Um, but the elitism is what I'm, I'm, uh, counseling, uh, that people watch out for. Um, maybe you and I can push out so-and-so I've had people try to tag team. That's, that's not taking care of somebody. That's, that's a coup. That's, that's super gross. It's overly political and ridiculous. Um, so-and-so might not be who you think he is. Anyone who attacks character, um, especially in a vague way, it goes to, it's just, you know, business. It's not personal. It's someone who knows they're in the wrong and are trying to uh, pretend it's okay. 
Um, Non-apology bingo is a thing I did where I got really frustrated with someone. Uh, and uh, just to survive with them, I created a, a bingo sheet that was just for myself, where when they did something wrong and they blamed someone else, I had a different square I filled out. And I figured that would give me kind of another month of uh, survival. Filled it out in the first meeting and realized I needed to, to make some, some changes. Um, so uh, wrapping up uh, with the, the last couple of things, quick examples for application for your colleagues. Look at ways you can lighten the load. Uh, help them fill in gap areas. You know, you have someone who's uh, not good at Git, and, uh, but they're great at Perforce and they need some help with your Git foo. Do that. You have uh, an engineer who could use some help with a, a Maya or Max. See where you can help out. You have an artist who is doing repetitive tasks and really struggles with automating that by way of Mel or Python. Help them with that. Um, with your technology partners, instead of just getting frustrated at shortcomings or bugs in an engine or a piece of middleware, document it, uh, that and the workarounds, and then get with them and say, okay, this is what I had to do. Uh, this is where I could use some help with you accelerating this. Uh, we've seen it pay dividends for us across multiple companies. For your platform partners, respect their brand, their processes, and protect their licensees and, and ecosystem. I love, 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 love uh, my console partners, and they're fantastic. And I'm super grateful for what they do. And one of the things I do on a regular basis is I take care of their brand, right? It's, it's, it's not Switch. It's, it's the Nintendo Switch system, right? They have built a brand and they protect their brand. And as we use it internally and we use it with gamers and we use it in our projects, we take care of the correct attribution uh, for that thing that they have built that we get to be a part of. Support your people. Um, uh, and, and that includes support personnel. Their lives are harder than ours. Uh, I did this uh, recently and I recommend people do this. Type in your email, support at, and, and just look at all the things that come up and then send some notes to people. Just say, you know what? Things are hard right now and you still have to support us and you've been doing it phenomenally. And thank you for this specific instance of that. Uh, those people need to hear that. Don't treat juniors different than seniors. Uh, I, I, I once saw an instance where someone did something that is a, a terminatable uh, uh, offense from a job perspective. And uh, a person who had a relationship with them made the case that, yeah, if they were a entry level QA person, we, we can them. But this is, you know, someone that I have a relationship with. And so we treat them differently. That's that's favoritism. Uh, and it's also dangerous and illegal and, and unethical. So be careful of that kind of mindset. Service industry, these people are working harder. They got less pay, fewer options for work from home. Encourage them. Uh, tip them generously. If you can't tip them generously. Maybe you shouldn't be ordering the thing that you're ordering. Uh, I'm really careful with this because if, if I feel like I, I, I can't tip higher than normal for these people who have a bigger impact on their life than I do, then I shouldn't get this thing. Uh, and I, I work to tip. I work to encourage. Uh, I work to move them forward. Um, and this is everything. When I talk to my bank or I call um, uh, Spectrum because uh, um, I have some upgrades or some things I want to do, I, I get those people's names. I, I say thank you for what they're doing. I let them know where they helped me. Uh, and where I could use some more help in, in a positive way, even if I'm, I'm uh, answering some challenges, uh, because these are human beings and every one we talk to is an opportunity to treat someone as an individual as opposed to just an icon that we skip past. Um, we, we talked about most of these Q&A uh, items. Um, uh, someone asked me, you know, what's more important, the relationship or the contract? Uh, yes. Um, the the relationship will not outlast the contract. Always make sure the contract is, is um, takes care of you and takes care of your partner. Don't just rely on a relationship. What you have is the paper. Uh, that said, always make sure you have sponsors within the people that you're working with so that they can help run things on your behalf as the world changes. Um, I'm told I help too much. 
be careful that you're doing it for, it for the right reasons. If you're helping because you you um, feel good about it and that, that gives you a charge, um, make sure it doesn't fall into a selfishness uh, uh, role and it's just about you. Because then you, you might focus on the on helping the things that make you feel good, but not on the, the things that genuinely need help. Um, someone said, I'm not in a leadership role, so this doesn't apply to me. Uh, it applies to everyone. Uh, this is a treat human beings as human beings, look at ways to make their life better. And by doing that, we lift everybody up at every level of every organization in the industry. Um, I'm a relational relationship person, but people around me are not. Again, going back to the 50-50 thing, uh, our job is to make each other better and to be our own best and to lift everybody else up, even if they're not contributing and not to get mad about it. Hold them accountable for it, uh, but make yourself uh, make yourself better. Um, someone sent this to me, so I just put it in here because they sent it to me. Your talk sound, title sounds a little contrived. Um, I don't know. It, it worked for me. Fish got to swim. Uh, all right. So this is this is me. Uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter or on LinkedIn. Uh, if you have business-related items, you can hit us up at uh, bizdev at enduring.games. Uh, if you uh, aren't sure where it fits in, um, just, just hit me up by way of uh, Twitter or, uh, or LinkedIn. We'll get you routed uh, the right way. Not everything is a business relationship. Not everything is a personal relationship. Most successful things are in uh, either direction. Um, that is my time. I very much appreciate uh, everyone. That was super generous of, of y'all to uh, include me and be part of the session. I hope it was uh, helpful. I hope I didn't talk too fast. That's that's the number one criticism I get. Um, but I, I hope someone got uh, stuff out of this uh, and it was encouraging to, to some degree. So thanks, uh, thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.